Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter, the first Newcastle Natter of 2018. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And on the phone, Dave Watson. Happy New Year, boys. Oh, Happy New Year, happy Dave. Happy New Year. I haven't spoken to you since. Since um, well, apart from 2017. Well, we just did before we recorded. But That's no. right. Yeah. Yeah. Been a while all... since we did a pod. It's been a yeah. long while since Six we did games. a pod. So it's certainly been a long while since we've done uh, one with the three of us. Yeah. Do you uh, think we still got it? Yeah. Have we still got I'm it? Worried. That's the question. <laughs> I know that, you never lose it. I know that all the listeners are very excited that the band are back together again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, is it going to be like um, when... Uh, take we've that not re- got it. We've not got it. Is it going to be like when Take That reformed? <laughs> Which was a good re- reunion. Yeah. Or is it going to be I'm like... Or it'll be like when Steps were reformed. Yeah. Or when they brought back open all hours. <laughs> hey, it's still going strong. Yeah. But it is shit. I mean, not that I've ever... Yeah, okay. That's fine. No, we've we've established already that it's, it's shit now between us. <laughs> I mean, this is, just, this is just a shit start to a pod. It's all my fault. <laughs> Dave, how was your Christmas? It was nice. I spent it with the family and, you know, tolerated my mental seven-year-old nephew for a bit. And he was telling me all about the dinosaurs that I already knew, but I had to pretend that I didn't know what he was talking about. So, you know, I seemed like a nice uncle instead of just being like, well, actually, I think you'll find that's an ankleosaur. Why are all children at some stage into dinosaurs? Why was that decided? I think I thought cool. that like dinosaurs would just be a really big part of my life at that yeah. stage, and then what it's is like it? Mythical creatures, though, aren't they? They're just weird and pretty cool. You, you had a big New Year's, Dave, because Not I really. well, I you posted a, a tweet. Oh, I saw this at eleven oh four on New Year's Eve uh, with a picture <laughs> with a picture of a drink. 
and it said, Pint pouring has gone to pot. 3017 can't be over with some enough, if you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) I think it's fair to say you were a few drinks in. Yeah, but then did you not see what Paul tweeted? What did Paul tweet? Let me see. I deleted it quite quickly. Oh, did you delete it? What did you tweet? Hang on. Oh, yeah. Paul tweeted. Hang on. Paul's reply. I took a screenshot of it. You must have. How many had you had? I think it's quite clear. You tweeted. Sign up and deposit up to £50 and Labrooks (laughs) will put the same amount (laughs) into your account, giving up to £50 worth of free bets. Follow the link follow the link to bet.newcastlepodcast.com. Still got it. I mean was it just <laughs> was it just booze, Paul? Or I think it's pretty clear from the message. You were in a sorry state. Me, I I couldn't even get through Jules Holland's Hootenanny. Wow. I was in bed by <laughs> half midnight. So uh, football happened over Christmas, a great deal of it. Uh, normally we talk through each game. There are far too many to talk through. So uh, I guess I'll I'll start by asking you, Paul, Yes. how do you think the Christmas break went for uh, Newcastle United Football Club? Very well. Very well. Yeah, if you look Paul. at the what, four league games we had... I'll run through the Five. results. Uh, we beat West Ham 3-2. That was a ding-dong battle. <clears throat> we uh, lost 1-0 at home to Manchester City. That led to a great debate about yeah. the morals of football tactics. Yeah. Oh, that annoys me so much. Let's talk about that in a second. We had a nil-nil draw, draw with Brighton. Then we... Uh, we beat Stoke one nil, and then uh, yeah. and that was the, on, on New Year's Day, and that started Perez's uh, what is bound to become a record record breaking uh, goal scoring streak in 2018 yeah. for for Perez because he went on to score two more this Saturday against Luton. So uh, Perez is averaging about a goal a day. <laughs> In, t- in 2018. At that rate, he's going to finish the year on 365 goals, which yeah. makes Kane's, however many he got, look pathetic. I mean, in all seriousness, he scored... It's the 8th of January, as we record, and he scored three goals. Yeah. So that's ne- he's on nearly a, a goal every two days. Well, was it the Stoke game where we started with Perez and Atsu up front? It looked like we didn't have a recognised striker. And then I remembered, yeah. actually, Perez has played striker in the Premier League quite a lot before. And Perez scored. is supposed to be a striker. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we have had a striker for quite a long time. And when you play him up front, he does score goals. Perez is sort of a striker in the in the, in the way that Paul Dummett is sort of a centre-back. But I think it's yeah. his first position striker. I think he's more a striker than he is a number 10. Yeah. Yeah, well, but he's one of those players that always wants to play behind the main striker because it's mm. that free role that you don't have a lot of responsibility and you just get to pop up with the odd goal. I thought he played well against Stoke. I thought um, him and Atu were carving through Stoke's um, back line and Atu had a few chances to, to score himself and he fluffed his lines. Um, but 
against Swansea, who we've got next, I'd be tempted to give Perez another run, if not like up front, but certainly have him start in the number 10 position because he, he, he's doing okay. You know, and, and confidence, we all know that confidence is a massive thing for a footballer. Dave, he's scoring a goal every two days. We yeah. should schedule more games. Yes, we need yeah. to capitalise on this. <laughs> See if we can get some games moved forward. No, I mean, I would say he's he's earned his place in the starting ladder. It's been a funny old Christmas because it feels like we've we've played a lot of different styles of football and we've really used our squad depth, depth mm. which we mm. forgot that we had. Uh, in the West Ham game on the 23rd of December, Saive was released from the dungeon. <laughs> where he spent the last he 18 months or so. really good as well, apart from one well, monumental cock He gave the ball away for the, the first West Ham goal, didn't he? Uh, the first goal yeah. of the game. So the entirety of, of the Newcastle fan base was ready to say, see? Yeah. But then, four minutes later, he struck a beautiful free kick with a lot of... He, he bent it like Beckham, Paul. He did. <laughs> he, looked, he looked thoroughly good, as did Mo What Diame. I liked about that... What I liked about that performance from Saive was of all the horrible ways to start a game, to make a massive cock up in the middle of the pitch, gift the ball to Arnautovic, who runs through. I, I think our defence should have done a little bit better with Arnautovic, but by the by, for him to have the stones to immediately grab the football uh, when, when we had a free kick, take on that responsibility. Because if he ballooned that wide, I... I think we would have gone on to lose that game because I think he would have like just crumbled under the pressure of it. But full credit to him, just he stood up, took his chance, and frankly, like doesn't he deserve another shot? Yeah, I think so. Like, against a shit side, like I wouldn't put him up against you know a Chelsea or an Arsenal or something like that. But certainly Swansea, why not? I think what him and Modiame have brought is that they're both quite physical. I think there's been a few too mm. many games because we we clearly want to try two up top a lot of the time now. And when we try that with Hayden and Marino or any combination that seems to have Hayden in, we've just not got the physicality or the experience for it. And then Diame especially, but Saive as well, we look able to do that. Well, there was a lot yeah. of... Yeah, there was certainly some redemption for mm. Diame and Saive mm. during the festive season. Um, then there was the game against Manchester City. I said that we wouldn't go through each game in detail, but I think it is worth talking about the Manchester City game a bit. Mm. Because yeah. just because of the debate surrounding it. Like, uh, I wasn't... Uh, what did I do? I went to the pub to watch it, so I wasn't hearing the pundits entirely, but it seemed like, from what people were saying, we were getting absolutely ripped apart by Jamie Carragher and, and, and Gary Neville. And Gary Neville, just about yeah. the... Uh, that we'd done something horrifically morally wrong because yeah. we had decided <laughs> to defend. Um, but So what I want to say is that I don't think we would have got the opprobrium if um, we weren't on TV. If that had been a, just a Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff that wasn't on television, I don't think Benitez would have been criticised as much as he was for setting up yeah, that defensively. Because there were eyes but on we, it and you've got to, yeah, you've got to fill you three at, hours of broadcasting so you've got to say stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like that we kept them to 1-0. And yeah, they did have other chances. And on another day, had Aguero had his shoot boots on, we could have been 
maybe three goals down by half time. But we wouldn't have, if we had been two goals down at half time, I don't think Benitez would have waited until like the 75th, you know, 65th, 75th minute to make the changes to give us a bit more freedom going forward. And we, we've, we registered more shots and more shots on target than Burnley did, than, um, like West Ham, certainly. Like we, we had a load of shots against them towards the end of it. And I think that on another day with better players, that tactic would have been lauded, not criticised. Even I just think it's even Newcastle fans were were getting on us for playing like that. Yeah, yeah. We'd really we nearly got a result out of it against what might end up being one of the best teams of all time. This is the problem, though, with fans. What they say before a game and how they immediately back out of that during. So I think if you told any Newcastle fan you could go into the last ten minutes of that game. One nil down, but with a chance to get something, you'd probably have taken that with the form Man City are in. And everyone knew yeah. there were people predicting like three or four nil defeat. And then as soon as we're sort of playing defensively, but it's still nil nil, just saying we've given up and this isn't football just seems nuts. It definitely was football because there were all the components of football. There, there was a pitch. There was a pitch. I noticed sh- that. There was straight shin away. pads. <laughs> they had all the lines. There was a whistle. There was a whistle. They did. They played the full game. There was yeah. goal. I. There were. There, it was. It was definitely on uh, Sky Sports News. The result. Once we got after eighty minutes, I thought it's not rugby. That ruled yeah. that yeah. out. Yeah, that ruled that. Out. <laughs> there were no cars, so it wasn't F one. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. The they ball didn't... wasn't small enough to be tennis or golf. Tick tick. Two more rules. And it wasn't it was too cold for cricket. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think it was. I think it was massively over the top reaction, and like yeah. you say, Fergus, they just had to fill time, uh, and that's why he got the criticism. But the criticism from our own fans pissed me off because I just you know remember where we are and what we've got. Like I think they spent. Um, as much on, like, near, near enough, as much on their right back as we did on our entire side. Like, uh, we can't compete. I think in football so fans... There to spoil. Football fans in general, all, like, they they want results and entertaining football. And unless you're yeah. currently a fan of Manchester City, it's unlikely you're going to get both of those things. Yeah. Plus, Graeme Souness, I heard, saying, why not have a go and lose by three or four? There's a reason why, even though we're on the same points as teams down the bottom, we're above them. It's because of goal difference. And that yeah. could come in very handy at what is a very tight bottom half of the table. And there's also a reason why Graham Souness is no longer a manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good pundit. but He's a good pundit until you remember how shit of a manager he is. Like a really bad... Same with Gary manager. Neville. Again, I mean, yeah. to be fair, he probably never quite got a go, but... But yeah, he certainly never proved his chops as a football manager. So uh, yeah, so yeah, then it was Brighton. Not a lot to say about that game, surely. No. Then the another clean sheet. I think is the only thing. Another clean sheet. Yes. Positive. Since the West Ham game, in which we conceded two, it's been a pretty uh, tight uh, few days. Well, since the return of Lascelles, seems to be the big. 
the big factor in us keeping clean sheets. I don't know if you follow mm. Chris Holt on Twitter. He's had a good thing of pointing out we've never conceded more than two goals when Lascelles has started for us and never conceded less than two goals when he hasn't. Right. He does seem to just organise not just the back four but the entire team defensively. Now we played Luton yeah. on Saturday and didn't, I'm just trying to find out, didn't Lascelles go off quite early? It was just a precaution. They think he'll be all right for Swansea at the weekend. Yeah. He had a bit of a groin strain. Okay. He, he tweeted pretty much like half an hour, an hour after the game saying, you know, good good result, yada, yada. I, I'm fine. It was just a precaution. So, yeah, I'd expect to see him play against Swansea. Fair enough. So we've finished the Christmas period in 13th place in the table in the fourth yep. round of the FA Cup yep. and with a takeover still on the cards. Is it? Find out after this break. <laughs> <laughs> the Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Ladbrokes. We left you on a cliffhanger. Is the takeover happening, Dave Watson? Give everyone the answer. It, I'm still confident it will happen. On the basis oh, of I'm... what? <laughs> answer the question, Dave. Is it just a feeling in your belly, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, because... You go bad because cop, bad cop on him. <laughs> Every, everybody's taking no news as, like a, a, as proof that it's not happening at all. But I think that... Both parties are keen on the deal happening, but there are sticking points for both parties. Um, the rumours are that it's about a relegation clause, and there's a rumour about um, um, like funds being released now or paying over instalments. All these kind of things that like nobody really knows, and they're just guessing. But I do believe that both parties are interested in in the deal completing and I think for that reason it will complete it's just that because Mike Ashley is a pain in the arse and because Amanda Stavely and her lot also sound like they are savvy negotiators which is a nicer way of saying a pain in the arse I was going to say you've you've just like termed that you've used your own prejudice to give uh, different representations to the same thing for two different people there (laughs) yeah I admitted it though yeah you did you did you cleaned it it out right yeah so I do think I've always liked the guy, but anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. Like, there was some, there was some talk of maybe the PCP partners um, providing funds to make permanent signings in this window, and I think honestly, if it was anybody, if it was, if it was anybody other than Mike Ashley, I think. A, the deal would already be done, but I also think they would have been open to that. Um, but because of because of him, I think it's that's a sticking point. So I don't. What? Think so he's make... turning down money for transfers? Yeah. Do you not think that suggests though that he's not going to sell? Um, no, I, I think that because if they if they're providing if they're like underwriting a a, a um, money for signings, I think that would have been based on there being a relegation like release a relegation clause in the in the in the um in the deal i think that honestly i do think it's going to go through i just i think this this transfer window has come too quickly for mike ashley to stop being an arsehole Mm. so i think the precedent with man city 
the uh, was it Sheikh Mansour or was it Sinuatra where they advanced funds to get Rubinho? So it would have been Sinuatra, yeah. wouldn't it? That was because they knew the deal was going to go through. The fact that the like Newcastle haven't taken the money from PCP partners suggests they don't know whether it will go through or I not. I really have no idea what's going to happen and I haven't been following it properly, but if my memory serves me right, the Rubinho transfer happened on the last day of... It happened on deadline day, didn't it? Yeah. So uh, something could still happen later in the transfer yeah. window. Yeah, I don't think we'll sign any players for actual money, though. Would you I'd be surprised if for? we did. I think we'll Shin loan pads. them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'll make any permanent sign-ins in this window. Okay. Yeah. Because Would apparently you... we've got no money to spend, even though we massively reduced the wage bill in the summer in order to bring players in, and we've still got money yeah. from Sissoko and Wijnaldum. But there's just yeah. no money there, apparently. And we've got the first tranche of the Premier League money, oh, like yeah. the TV money from the Premier League. So we we do have money. So I can only assume that Ashley doesn't want to release those funds which seems very odd. Like it's not yeah, like he's releasing his own that. funds; it's releasing the club's funds. Maybe the problem with the January transfer window for Mike Ashley is that you always spend more than you think you will over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing he's been on holiday until—is it today? I think he's back from America. Oh, really? So, the, the, so he's just yeah, been on. A, about, so he's yeah. just been on a really big bender. He's spent a lot, but Benitez doesn't even know what budget he's got for bringing players in because the owner's on holiday. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. it is very difficult to actually work the hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> but you don't, you almost don't mind the club being run like a dictatorship if the dictator's there. But if you have a dictatorship with no dictator, then nobody knows what to do. <laughs> if a dictator without no dictator, surely it's just a tater. It's just a ship. Yeah. Right. Okay. I don't know. I think the, um, the the problem that we have is that we're all desperate for information about the the transfer, the, the takeover, and because of the the nature of the business, we're not going to find out until it's done. And because of um, the nature of each of our respective personalities, you feel really positive about it actually will happen, and. Yeah. I feel really negative about it not happening. But, you know, that's... Yeah, it's, it's I think the problem we have is else. we have an owner who said he wants to sell, he wants to do what's best for the club and get it sold by Christmas and has had an offer which is clearly the best for the club and just gone away. We'll see. Yeah, but then if it, if it for me, if it was never going to happen, if it was definitely not going to happen, rather, um, I think it would have broken down by now like completely broken down i don't think it would break down before the transfer window because it's a perfect excuse to not sign anyone Mm, there's all ashley always has an excuse in january for not spending money we'll see it goes back and forth every day um yeah we'll see i don't believe i won't believe anything until it happens uh I, i put out a tweet asking for some uh feedback on twitter i put it out at quite late notice so all i've got is very kindly four questions from thomas Burkan. so uh, we might as well just exploit those this is a really good question i think he says are we the biggest underachievers in the history of english football now i would say that we're not but 
if you rephrase it to who are the biggest, mm. if we're not, then who are they? Probably should have um, asked you that before this part. No, it's I would a, good, say, a good thinker, though. Because I would say we're not. I mean, you could say that, yes, we have, you know, a, a Actually, I would 000. say England, <laughs> the biggest underachievers in English football. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Well, I would I would say that we've got a really good shout. If we're not the biggest underachievers, then we're certainly in the conversation. We're because, in the Champions League places for it. Yeah, because, I mean, you, the others that you, you might talk about, like perhaps... Um, Leeds, maybe Bristol. Um, Bristol, because yes, they've got I was a, thinking Bristol know, City, just because well, of the, the, the reason because I they really haven't done anything. They haven't done anything, and they've got a, a big city, um, a couple of clubs there, but really, they should be doing better. A massive than they are, catchment just, area. Yep, I would have said yeah. Bristol City have a big old shout. I think if the question the, was Premier League era, then you'd have to say us. But football started before the Premier League. Didn't but I would I would say even if you were to stack up um Bristol against us, you could argue that we're more famous. We we've been close a few times, we've had tilts at the title, we've been in the Champions League, you know, we've we've done all these things yeah, but and yet be, we haven't won a single pot. But to become But to become famous you have to achieve something, don't you? Mm. Well, you say that, but what have we achieved? And we are one of the f- most famous clubs in the country. No, but we're famous because we've been there. Yeah, but we've underachieve only means like being below what's expected of you. So you can still be a yeah. big club and underachieve. Well, all I'll say is every season, at the beginning of the season, when you ask me to predict who I think is going to win everything, it's always Bristol City. <laughs> <laughs> And they always let me down. Um, no, yeah. Are we the biggest underachievers of English football? It's a damn good question. Well, why don't the the listeners send yeah. in their thoughts? If if not us, like count us out. If not us, who is? Yeah, I mean that's that's the real question, isn't it? Who are the biggest underachievers? Yeah. What um, else did he ask? I mean, I'm a massive underachiever. <laughs> I I played football every day at school and I don't think I ever touched the ball. Do you think the answer's you? I think I am the biggest <laughs> underachiever in, in English, English football. football. I've done nothing. <laughs> with the talent you were born with. Yeah. Question from Dom- Thomas Burkhan. Is Darlow better than Elliot? I mean, we are actually, of the rumours that we do keep on hearing, which all have to be taken with a, a pinch of salt. But of all the transfer rumours we keep on hearing, a lot of them are goalkeepers. So it seems like no one has any real faith in any of our goalkeepers. But is Darlow mm. better than Elliot? Tricky. I'd say they're on a par, but Darlow's, because he's younger, has more time on his hands to improve. But that doesn't mean I think he will get much better than he is. He's a bit... He's. He's a bit error-prone, isn't he? But he does have uh, some talent. Yeah, he was amazing against Stoke. I thought I to come back say, from he, that he, mistake, he put in a, the best goalkeeping performance we've had this season. Fred, Freddie Woodman played yeah. against Luton, am I right? Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, from what I saw, didn't look like he did very well for the Luton goal. It's a tricky one. But yeah. I blame Clark for that. Okay. I've seen the highlights and... I don't like Clark's playing him on side, and 
leaves the keeper. Well, basically, the keeper has to come out um, a bit. I think he comes out too much, and I think that's down to um, inexperience. Um, I think the criticism that a, a debutant in goal is getting is a bit harsh, and I think when Lascelles went off, that's when apparently that's when uh, Woodman started to look a bit more shaky, and I think that's down to the positive influence that Lascelles has. I can't believe the some of the criticism I saw on Twitter about him, but like like you were saying before, in this age, football fans just need to have their opinions heard. Um, well, and so a, say we're a case in point stupid. of that. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I think as well, I, I think... The yeah, best no, thing to be for... fair to most football fans, they don't set up a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be fair to Woodman, he's not ready to be in the first team. I think the best thing that could happen for him is for us to bring in another keeper so he can go out on loan, get a full season or a good half season at a championship club, probably same again next year, and then be looking to get into the first team. Mm. Well, we'll see whether we get another keeper. There is talk of Joe Hart again. God, no. I think that's just lazy rumours. I wouldn't want him anyway now. Well, I remember he was the one you wanted. Yeah, I remember he was going to be the big signing, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I kind of wish he hadn't got dropped, though, because then we'd probably be looking at getting Adrian from West Ham, who looks a lot better than Joe Hart. He does. I have to put him in my fantasy team. Mm. Uh, two more questions from the Burkan, and then we'll all go home. Uh, do we have the best away fans in the league? In the Premier League, I'd say we probably do, right? In my experience, away fans. Depends how, it depends uh, how you, you, you class best. I mean, do we travel in big numbers? Yeah. And we'll do it on a Monday night all the way down to Brighton. We do sing and chant and stuff, but then the best? I don't know. I'd say we're up there. Who else would you put up there? Who, If not us, then who? I don't really have the frame of reference to know, really. I, I'd say, like, this is going to be, Man U fans, they are they're good. away Man fans. Man U away fans are good. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But um, I would say ours um, are good. And yeah. I think Palace maybe have the best home fans mm. no, they in don't. the league. They they have very good home fans. No, they don't. Stoke like, used to, but they're just there's a dead. Couple Palace of home fans are Palace fans. fit. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple hundred Crystal Palace fans who shout and sing all the way through the game and that's great but the rest of the, the rest of the stadium's just like every other Premier League no, ground I don't, I don't think it is quiet. I've been to Hand quite on. a few Palace games in the last few years and it is generally a good atmosphere from all four stands yeah yeah I'm, I'd, I'd have to go with Paul on that one Dave. but anyway the question was about away fans it is hard yeah. to say but Every time I'm with a Newcastle away support, I find it difficult to imagine anything better. (laughs) (laughs) You're a dick. No, they are good. They're good. It's a very odd way to say that. They're good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know who else. They're they're the right mix of funny and mental. Yeah. And not quite unthreatening. Well, they're not... uh, they're not unthreatening and they're not in the Premier League. but and it, So it depends how you define uh, the best away fans. But Leeds fans are vociferous in yeah. their support. 
They yeah. are, I mean, they are cunts to a man. <laughs> 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 but they are, you know, yeah. they are vigorous in their support yeah. of their team, which, you know, you have to applaud. Do you? Well, unless they're, unless you're on the end of one of their beatings. Um, <laughs> and, and then the uh, final question from Thomas is, why do we never get a penalty? Why do we... Is it... it does seem harsh. Gale could have had one in the Stoke game. Probably should have had one with Kurt Zuma just collapsing on him. Do we think... Yeah. Is it, is it something to do with the Illuminati? What is it? I think it's the Illuminati. So, it's the Illuminati, yeah. isn't it, So I... I think it's a couple of factors. I think, one, we don't get into the box as much and we don't, like, we're not tricky in the box as the same as, say, Arsenal are or, some, you know, a team like that. We're not. There's not much dribbling in the box. You sort of have to be dribbling no, in the we, box. We, don't. Pen- we mm. don't have to, but that's the a good way of getting a penalty. Just, it? It's just bad luck. On a different day, a different referee would give a penalty or a red card and we just aren't getting the rub of the green. There's no there's no conspiracy. I don't think that... Um, like somebody suggested perhaps that uh, because Dwight Gale, he dived in... Was it the Man U game? Or, yeah. No, it was the Man City game. Man City, yeah. He dived in that game and somebody suggested that, oh, that's why he didn't get a penalty in, in the subsequent um, decision. And I don't I don't believe that's true because I don't he hasn't got a reputation for diving off the back of one dive. Um I just think it's bad luck. I, th- I think that we'll... There's not many stonewall penalties that we seem to appeal for. Oh, I, I mean, there I have been we've some. Had a, yeah. The only I, time I think, I think there is a genuine conspiracy is oh. last season when we finally got a penalty and then had it disallowed <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> was that against Forrest? Oh, I can't remember who it was. Burton. Burton, that was it. Burton Albion. You're thinking of the two penalties that shouldn't have been penalties against Forrest, oh, where we had yes. two men sent off and Darlow saved both of the penalties. No, the one the one that you're thinking of was against Burton. I mean, we still won the game 1-0, but it was baffling that. Yeah, that, the referee just yeah. made up a rule. Just, was yeah. that <laughs> Stephen Martin? No, he, he was the Forrest one, wasn't he, I think? Okay. Yeah, was it not Bobby Madley at the... Was Bob Matt? Was it Bobby Madley who did the Forest game? Burton game? I don't know. I can't remember. I have to rack through all the championship referees that I've got in my brain. I don't know. I don't know. But well, can you not just flick through that Panini sticker album you've got of all the referees? Yeah, it's a good. I, a lot of people go for the Panini sticker albums of the players. I've always gone for the referees one. I like the backroom staff one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you just want a shiny John Carver. Uh, yeah, a shiny John Carver. <laughs> There's no other type of John Carver, is there? That could be. <laughs> that has got to be used as a euphemism at some point. <laughs> I've got it's got to be used as an episode title today. Oh, yeah, I've got a real shiny John Carver on right now. <laughs> so, um, been, been in all day shining my John Carver. <laughs> okay, so our uh, next game is at home and it is against Swansea it's already been mentioned a little bit um, Swansea they've got the beginnings of a resurgence have they? Didn't Did they, they? They picked up a win and then I think they lost the next game 
But in theory, sort of no one else you'd rather play mm. at the yeah. moment, right? And Swansea, I think as well, well. Maybe Stoke, and we've just had them. Yeah, somebody put up on Twitter a few weeks ago, I think it was a, a league table of the the bottom half of the table results against each other. And I think we're top of that. So I sort of fancy us against any team around or below us. We do seem to have a habit mm. of getting results in the important games. Well, that may well be uh, down to Rafa, sort of being able to... That's where his weak squad is is the uh, has the least adverse effect because yeah. he's playing against other weak squads. So uh, Swansea at home. David, would you like to give us a prediction? Um, yeah, I think we'll we'll beat Swansea. I mean, like you were saying, they, they picked up a win against Watford, but that's their only win in seven. And Watford um, are in free fall as well. Yeah, Watford aren't, aren't doing well. And their only other win was against equally terrible West Brom. And be, be, after those two, so Watford and West Brom, aside from that, they haven't won since October when they beat Huddersfield. So... They're, they're pretty shit and we should be should be identifying this as a three point game they just uh, drew nil nil with Wolves in the FA Cup they got man sent off for the, did you see this Leroy Fur got sent off no um, and he, it was the most bizarre red card decision I've seen in a while basically Leroy Fur a uh, guy gets past him in the, the centre of the pitch Leroy Fur just tripped his ankles in the you know, the most cynical foul you'll see, but it's not dangerous. It was not a goal-scoring opportunity, nothing like that. It was just, it was a definite yellow card, but 100% wasn't a red card. But um, yeah, so they drew nil-nil with uh, with, Swan- with uh, Wolves um, and they'll have their replay against Wolves on the, like, four days after they face us. Um, so it might mean that they've got the, they shuffle their pack. It might mean that they just sack off that game against Wolves and just play kids. I don't know, but I'd still fancy us to beat to beat Swansea. So I'd say two nil, two nil. Perez with both, obviously. Paul, uh, it's hard to look beyond one nil for any game with us at the minute. Now we've got Lascelles back. It seems like we're back in that early season groove of clean sheet and then try and nick a goal. I think we'll win 1-0. Okay, 1-0. Um, I'm going to go with... 5-2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are both good predictions. Um, I'm also going to go with 2-0. I'm also going to go with 2-0. Just to mention that the FA Cup draws being made. Yes. And uh, we've been um, pulled out of the bag to face... The winner of uh, Norwich or Chelsea in you know they're replaying, but it's the replays at Stamford Bridge, so you'd expect Chelsea or Carrow Road. No, no, no. no the, the replay between them is at the replay oh, at Bridge, so I'd, then, I'd expect Norwich to be to be put to the sword. To be honest, um, I wouldn't. I could. I mean, Jesus, the last time we got past. Uh, we beat um, Chelsea in the FA Cup was 2005. I remember us, maybe it was the League Cup, I remember us having a good 
Cup victory against Chelsea during the Pardew Demba-Bar yeah. era. But I think that was the League Cup. And Man City as well with a weakened squad we beat in the I think League That was Cup. both League Cup games, wasn't it? Um, you never know. As you never like, know. As soon as the draw was made, there's a lot of negativity. Oh, why did we even bother against uh, Luton? Well, that's it's fucking like, ridiculous because yeah. you've been asking us to bother for 10 years. Yeah. So. I think we'll still give it a good go in the Cup as well. The the heartening thing about our lineup at the weekend against Luton was that apart from Freddie Woodman, we picked probably the strongest side we could have. It does seem yeah. to have been a change in policy to actually have a go at, in the cup. Yeah, fair well, enough. And the last, the last time we won an FA Cup game at Chelsea was nineteen thirty-two. There you go. So it was <laughs> yeah. just before two thousand and five. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that'll be weighing on the Chelsea players' minds. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You know, we've we've always got that nineteen thirty two game to uh, pin up in the on the dressing room. <laughs> yeah. You don't need a team talk. You just need the uh, the giant newspaper from the time <laughs> put on the wall. Okay. I uh, mean, you're right. We we did beat them in the the League Cup in two thousand ten. There you go. At, yeah. at Stamford Bridge. Well, so yeah, that'll be on their minds. Okay. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there. I uh, I I was disappointed to learn just before uh, we started recording this that Paul's doing dry January. Yeah, unbelievable. He's let me down as a human <laughs> being. There, that's just the look on your face was so disappointed as well. Like, to, I was actually compared to what I'd said. I don't know. It was just, I, I just, just really, give up cheese instead, man. Just I just don't really wanted blues. a pint with a man. <laughs> <laughs> and then and uh, I don't know yeah to be fair to Paul since I've known him about four times he's been giving up booze for a month and I don't think he's ever made it past about made 11 it. days yeah so you know we'll be having a, a pint before next week's pod but uh, in the meantime thank you very much Dave Watson thanks Fergus thank you Paul Doolan thank you very much Thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. My name is Fergus Craig. Goodbye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports 
Social Podcast Network.